This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Ah, welcome to the Hour of Power. Amen. I'm, I'm glad we got power in here tonight, too. That's so wonderful. How many were here last Wednesday night? Amen. It was nice over there, wasn't it? But it's, it's nice to be back in here again. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, I, I tell you what, I, I, I love my church family. Uh, do you know who your family is? Amen. If you want to learn and uh, how to find out how, listen to the podcast last Sunday morning's message. It was really, really good. Uh, I'm just thinking something. You know, you hit, we hit these bunny trails we're preaching, and it, you, you never know who they're affected. But last Sunday, when I, when I was preaching, I, I started talking about my pastor from 1980. I had him until he went to heaven you know, a few years later, after we were already in the ministry. Anyway, I was talking about what an impact he had on my life. And his, uh, his son, who, his son was like, uh, probably 14 years old when I first met him. He's in his 50 now. He's in his 50s. But anyway, he was listening to it. He's listening to the podcast, me talking about his dad. And his dad's been in heaven 25 years. But anyway, <clears throat> it blessed him to hear somebody talk about the influence his dad had on him. So the man that influenced me, from uh, 1980 on for many, many, many years. A lot, a lot of my preaching things is still his style because he was my pastor. And he's in heaven, but he's still my pastor because he was my spiritual father and he influenced me more than anybody did that I had interaction with on a regular basis. And so anyway, I just, I'm so grateful to know who my family is. And so I said again, you know who your family is? Amen. This is your brothers and sisters in Christ that God hooked you up for right here. This is the ones that will stand with you. This is the ones that will really pray for you, not judge you. This is the ones that will be in your corner. And you know, there's, there's a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ that you all know. But when the rubber meets the road and you need each other, the ones that God connects you with, that's the one that's with you. Amen. Another bunny trail. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was so neat that that... Uh, that that man that was just a little snot-nosed kid when I met him, he's a grown man now, and et cetera, et cetera, getting blessed by something in California all the way back to Indiana. That was just really neat. All right, does anybody need a sermon outline? Everybody does. Okay, that's a trick question that time. I got some heads. <laughs> all right, tonight we're still on the gifts of spirit. We'll be for a while. This is a part seven. We started this the first week of June, and had some breaks in between, some different things, different times. But tonight we're going to be talking about the Word of Wisdom. Word of Wisdom, we'll go there in just a minute, but we'll be in 1 Corinthians 12 again. 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to show you some books out of the bookstore. I, they, I, know, the, I know they've got this one to show on the screen there. The, the Holy Spirit at His gifts. I've advertised this one every week. I've studied this book for years and years and years and years by Brother Hagin. It's a really awesome study manual. And I've learned more out of this book about the gifts of the Spirit than any other book I've ever studied besides the Bible. And uh, I, I just think about Brother Hagin. The reason I like this book so well, because I was around him quite a bit for a lot of years, a lot of places, and watched him operate in these gifts. Watched him teach on it live, watched him operate in them. And his, his teaching style... Mine's very, my teaching style is very similar to his, let's put it that way. I'm not going to say he's similar to me because he's the one who taught me. Anyway, I really highly recommend this book if you're somebody that really wants to learn more how to walk close with the Holy Spirit and be used by him. It's really a great book. Uh, we probably didn't get that one on there, did we? 
Didn't get that one. Okay, this one here is called Seven Steps for Judging Prophecy. Seven Steps for Judging Prophecy. We're supposed to judge prophecy. But anyway, that book there will really help you if you uh, begin to be used by God or if you're around people that think they're being used by God, but maybe they are, maybe they aren't. This will biblically show you how to judge what somebody says to you if they tell you, God showed me. Well, if he showed him, it's going to line up the Word of God. That's so that book. There's a really good book along those lines there. We have several of those at the bookstore, so they will help you. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to look at verse 1, but for the sake of time, because I've already went over these several times and we don't have that much time on Wednesday, I'm going to hit some, some uh, key verses just to look at them, to refresh you on them. And uh, if this is the first time you've seen them, these are all on the podcast. You can go back and hear sermons for the last several weeks. But First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. God doesn't want his children in the dark concerning spiritual gifts. God wants you to understand what spiritual gifts are. There's so many people that are ignorant and say so many things about gifts of the Spirit, they don't have a clue what they're talking about because they're not based upon the Bible what they're saying. And so the Bible's the only place they'll teach you about spiritual gifts. And Paul's getting ready to teach on spiritual gifts right here. That's why he said, I'd not have you ignorant. And uh, anyway, that that's a very key verse. And then verse 7, skip down to verse 7, says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all or... The Greek says to profit all, and I'm, I'm sure the New Living Translation would say that in a lot of modern verses, but the gifts of the Spirit are to help believers. They're to help you to do better, help you to get answers, help you to win. And so if you're a Spirit-filled believer that's open to the moving of the Holy Spirit through you, He wants you to use you supernaturally to help others, but you can't be ignorant. You've got to know how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and you know something that uh, I, I, I've noticed over the years, just, you know, been doing this almost 40 years, I've been around it, been around different moves of the Spirit and things like that. If Christians aren't biblically taught and have role models to show them how to flow with the Holy Spirit, they get so zealous, they give place to familiar spirits and things that aren't God. And so we do know that God wants to use spirit-filled believers in the gifts because He said He doesn't want us ignorant. He said the manifestation of the Spirit, that's the gifts of the Spirit. He said the manifestation is given to all of us to profit all. And so God wants us to understand the ways of the Spirit. He wants us to understand the Holy Spirit because, you know, for me, uh, I, I, I've learned out of a lot of years of walking in this, living in it, being used by God in a lot of ways myself, that there's two ditches in the body of Christ. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what a ditch is, you understand. You know, they don't have much out here in the desert if you're from the Midwest, from Ohio, if you're from Indiana, and Wisconsin, Illinois, all those places out there, you got to have big ditches beside the road because it rains a lot. And the water's got to have some place to go. And so when you're driving down the road, you got you have to watch out that you don't veer off and fall into a ditch. You know, they're not like the cliffs out here. You fall something here, you just go. But out there, you fall in a ditch, you don't get killed, you just get stuck. 
And so you don't want to go in a ditch on the left side or the right side. Because if you do, you get, you're stopped. You can't go any further. Well, the body of Christ, there's been two ditches concerning the gifts of the Spirit. One of them is uh, the people that say they're not for the day. And they never allow the Holy Spirit to move in the church because they just don't believe it. They think, they think it's done and they don't understand it. So because they don't understand it, they throw out the baby with the bathwater. So they just don't have any moving. And so that's one ditch. They're stopped. They can't go any further because they stopped God because they say, no, you can't do anything here because we don't believe it's you. And then the other ditch, which may be more dangerous, is the ones that are so zealous but they're ignorant they give place to wrong spirits. And so they have manifestations of things that aren't really God. And they hurt people. People get off in ditches. We had a neighbor uh, back in Indiana that hurt her husband were good people. And we was visiting one day. They, 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 had, they had a daughter that went to school for our daughter and visited. And they just honest with us. They said, we've been married for however many years. And said, we're Baptist. And uh, we were one time at a, at a home group meeting where people were talking about the Holy Spirit. And somebody prophesied to us and told us we're supposed to get married. And they, now they're further along in life. And so now they understood some things like that. And they said, we like each other because we live together. We've never loved each other. Said the only reason we got married is because these people told us God wanted us to. And so we got married. We've been together all these years. But, you know, we're friends. But we've never been in love. Said we got married because somebody told us God wanted us to. Now we realize, now that we're older, we're mature Christians, we realize that that wasn't God, that was people, but we didn't want to disobey God, so we got married. And that happens too often that people tell somebody else they're supposed to get divorced or they're supposed to get married or they're supposed to quit a job or et cetera, et cetera. They're supposed to move, supposed to change churches or on and on and on. The list goes a long ways. That's goofy. That's not God. And so anyway, we need to understand that with the Spirit of God's a manifestation, he wants, to, he wants to use anybody that'll let him, but it's for the profit of all. And the difference between profit and loss. Profit means you're bettered. Loss means you're going the wrong direction. Hey, man, can you see what I'm saying? And so there's a couple different, <clears throat> couple different ditches there. And so then, uh, verses eight through eight through uh, ten, then list these gifts. And I'm not going to read them all again, but I'll just remind you that uh, there's nine nine spiritual gifts that Paul teaches on here, and and for teachers' sake, we break them down into three different categories. Uh, three di- the three three gifts uh, in each category. There's three revelation gifts mentioned here. There's spiritual gifts that reveal something. We call them the revelation gifts. The word of wisdom, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. The word of wisdom is always future tense. The word of wisdom always reveals something about the plan and purpose of God for your life, or maybe for a nation, or for whoever it is he's wanting to talk to, there's always future tense. The word of knowledge is another revelation gift. It reveals something. And the word of knowledge, as compared to the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge is always present tense or past tense. It's always to help somebody with something they're dealing with now or something from the past that God wants to help them get over or something. And then discerning the spirits is a revelation gift. And, you know, I've, I've said this, Several times, but I think I need to say it again because the wrong teaching people said. 
It does not say the gift of discernment. There's so many well-meaning preachers, as well as believers that have been taught wrong, <clears throat> that think they have the gift of discernment. All believers should be able to pick up on things, should be able to discern things. If you're a believer walk with Jesus, you ought to know right here when somebody's lying to you. You ought to know right here on the inside by the Holy Spirit, if somebody's telling you the truth, nobody else believes it. Right here you know because the Spirit bears witness for our spirit. To discern in this word, discern means to see. To see into the realm of the Spirit. It's a revelation gear. And so to discern, the gift of discerning the spirits is to see into the spirit realm, to see an angel or angels, to see a demon or demons, to see Jesus, to see the throne of God, to see into that realm. So when the discerning of spirits is in manifestation, you're not picking up on something. All of a sudden your eyes are open and you're in a service like this. And somebody says, wow, pastor, all the time you was preaching, I saw an angel behind you. Or something's going on, and they say, Pastor, we saw Jesus walking through the church. And it's not just a thing where all of a sudden you're having imaginations. God actually lets you see things. Or sometimes it might be you're praying for somebody, trying to help somebody, and all of a sudden you may see an ugly demon spirit, like the goofy E.T. thing. We don't let our kids watch those shows. We knew what was going on back in the long story short. Uh... I was going to Bible school, Dr. Lesh Thurman was one of my teachers. He told us about those, before those shows started happening, he said the devil's going to start manifesting through children's programs to make people come accustomed to seeing demons and not know what they're looking at. So a lot of things back in that time period started happening. And so you, some of these ugly things you see are actually these people that have seen demons and put them into cartoons and things. So anyway, you may be praying for somebody and may see an ugly, ugly creature sitting on their shoulder or influencing them, well, that's discerning the spirit. You're seeing something. We're supposed to take authority over the devil and say, Devil, get off my sister. Get off my brother right now. I bind you in Jesus' name. By the blood of Jesus, you let him go. Have you ever seen people that are good Christians, couldn't get free from alcohol, or couldn't get free from drugs, or pornography, or whatever it is? Something got a hold on them. They love Jesus. They love Jesus. They love Jesus. And something just keeps on grabbing them. Well, sometimes when you're praying for people, God will open your eyes in the realm of the Spirit and see why this good person, you can't understand why they keep falling for that. Well, First Corinthians chapter 10 calls that a stronghold. Why is that? Because it's got a stronghold on them. And you get rid of that stronghold in the name of Jesus. Can you say what I'm saying? So that's one of the revelation gifts. And so I want to say it again. No Christian has the gift of discernment because there is no such gift. Sometimes God uses us in the gift of discerning the spirits because there is a gift. And so we want to stick with what the Bible says, not make up things that we think sounds good. Amen? Amen. So then uh, the next three gifts he talks about are what we call the power gifts, are the gifts that do something, the gift of faith. Or another translation says special faith. Amplified Bible says wonder-working faith. This is not the faith that cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This is the gift of special faith that God will pop into somebody on occasion to work miracles, to do wonder-working things they couldn't normally do. This is the kind of faith that speaks to the mountains that will be removed, and the mountain goes right then, it's out of here. 
That's a different kind of, uh, of faith. And then the working of miracles and the gifts of healings. And so that's gifts that do something, the power gifts. And then there's three utterance or inspirational gifts. That's spiritual gifts that say something. One would be the gift of prophecy. Another one would be the gift of tongues. And another would be interpretation of tongues. Anyway, we're not going to get into details of those tonight. We went over these several different times. We'll be hitting things in the future. But that's the gifts he talks about. And so very often these gifts work together as tongues and interpretation. You don't have interpretation unless you have tongues first. And when you have a supernatural tongue in a service like this, that means there's going to be interpretation come. That's two gifts working. And then, and then a lot of times what people call the gift of prophecy, well, the simple gift of prophecy, according to 1 Corinthians 14.3, is a supernatural utterance speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Well, you just encourage somebody. But a word of wisdom, we're going to be looking at this in detail, has foretelling it, talking about future events. And so the word of wisdom to be spoken forth has to have the gift of prophecy to carry it out. And so a lot of times when we're prophesying, actually we're giving forth the word of wisdom when we're doing those kind of things. Or the word of knowledge is telling somebody that situation you're in right now, you know, you talk to somebody, God shows me that situation you're in is danger, it's bad, you need to run. Well, that's God looking at your life because you're crying out for help. But it came forth through prophecy, but the prophecy then changed where it wasn't just a simple gift of prophecy to encourage you and build you up. It had a word of knowledge to give you a warning of danger. And so the gifts work together a lot of times. And so, see, the more that we study these things, we're going to learn how these things work. And then when God wants to use us, we're going to recognize, wow, this is God. God wants to say something. God wants to do something. And I want him to use me because we've got to know because he said he didn't want us ignorant. Can you see what I'm saying? Amen. And so anyway, tonight we're going to we're going to, we're going to study the word of wisdom. And I want to remind you that all nine of these gifts are supernatural. You think you think about working in miracles. That's supernatural. You think you think about gifts of healings. Somebody gets an instantaneous miracle, miraculous healing. That's supernatural. And so, in this lesson right here, First Corinthians 12, if one's supernatural, then they're all supernatural. So he's talking about things that are different, that are known learning. And so, uh, I think about the uh, word of wisdom. He didn't say wisdom. See, a lot of people, because they are ignorant and haven't been taught, they think you talk about God gives you some kind of supernatural wisdom to where you get smart all of a sudden you wasn't smart before. But we're going to look at things in the Word tonight that's going to help you see some things. And I want to say this again. God doesn't call this uh, wisdom. He says the Word of wisdom. Verse 8 says, For to what is given by the Spirit, the Word of wisdom. And so I'm going to show you a couple things that is not so I can show you what it is. I want you to hold your place and go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I'm so grateful that Jesus sent me to California to teach people the Bible that were hungry for spiritual things, that want to learn, want to be used by God, and want to not get into a ditch 
on what I call the soup, the super spook side. And that's the spooky spiritual side. Well, somebody all the time prophesied to the rocks, prophesied to the cars, cast the devils out of the yard, cast the devils out of your cell phone, and run around doing goofy things all the time. We want to be people that are supernatural, but aren't so goofy that nobody wants to be around us so we can't help anybody. Amen? Joshua 1.8 says this. This is God talking to Joshua as he begins to lead the nation of Israel. This book of the law, talking about the word of God back then that they had, shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, after you meditate in the word of God, spend lots of time in the word, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Thou shalt have good success. And in my center column for the Hebrew, that says to deal wisely in the affairs of life. That's talking about wisdom of God, to deal wisely in the affairs of life. And so anyone who takes the time to study, learn, and meditate in God's Word will learn how to make wise decisions in life. That's not the word of wisdom. That's the wisdom of God that comes to knowing the Bible. And as we see in 1 Corinthians 12, it says the manifestation is given to different ones, not everyone. He manifests as he will. And so you don't control the word of wisdom. That's when God wants to use somebody in the word of wisdom as showing future events or showing something like that. And so there's a difference between the wisdom of God of studying the Word of God, that's available to everybody. Everyone in this church here should be able to increase in the wisdom of God's Word to be able to deal with the affairs of life. And, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, so many things the Bible teaches us as Christians. How many know the Bible teaches us you're supposed to love and forgive? Well, people that don't know God, Christians don't read their Bibles, they're not wise in that. You know, they say things like, well, I may forgive, but I'll never forget. Well, you didn't forgive then, because forgive, you do forget. You know, I've had people do things to me, talk about me over the years, and then somebody will break something up and say, hey man, is that that one that said this? I said, said what? Well, I think that's that one that uh, was bad-mouthing you, your family called you all that. I said, man, I, I, I don't remember. I don't know anything about it. So yeah, they did, man. They spread, they spread rumors about you to everybody. I say, man, I tell you what, I absolutely forgot it. I really don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, because when I forgive, I forget. And so, see, that's the wisdom of God from learning the Word of God. And then financial things. You know, if I had a financial need, I walk in the wisdom of God I've learned. I know Jesus told me in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So I know if I'm having a lack, I may have backed off my giving, shut off my harvest. Or maybe God's want me to sow a seed to bless somebody to get the things moving again. And see, that's not a supernatural word of wisdom. I've meditated the word day and night. I've got God's word hidden in my heart. I might not sin against him. And so I have attained wisdom for living right because I did what Joshua did in Joshua 1.8. I meditated the word day and night, and I received wisdom to deal wisely in the affairs of life. And so see, I'm showing you what the word of wisdom is it. It isn't meditating the Word of God, and if you read enough Bible, then you've got the Word of Wisdom. No, you've got wiser, but that's not the Word of Wisdom as a supernatural spiritual gift that God uses 
uh, a lot of preachers in and believers many times uh, in their own private lives. And, you know, something I've learned is that God uses fivefold ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers a lot publicly in gifts. And on occasion, he uses uh, regular church members in gifts publicly in some of the supernatural things like that. But lots of times in your prayer clause, you'll get a word of wisdom. Don't even recognize it. Or God will give you a word of knowledge and you don't even recognize what's going on or something begins to happen showing you something, a prophecy in your, in your prayer closet. But as we study these gifts, you're going to recognize more and more that's the Holy Spirit manifested in my life to help my family. That's the Holy Spirit manifested in my life to help me on my job. Can you see what I'm saying? Amen. But I want you to get this again. That's not the wisdom you get from learning the Word of God. The Word of God will give everybody wisdom to live by if they'll spend time in it. But the Word of Wisdom, He gives as He wills to different things at different times. Now I want to look at uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I want to show you also what it's not. Isn't it wonderful that the Bible's our textbook that it teaches what God's talking about? You know, I learned a long time ago, before Google came out, as a young pastor in studying things, there's lots of things I heard people say lots of times that the Bible means this, the Bible means that. And they said, well, because Webster said it. Or because the New English Dictionary said it. I thought, man, if God's the one that tells us a subject he wants us to learn about, why am I going to go to somebody that may not have even known God? If God's going to tell us in the Bible about any subject, about tithing, about marriage, about uh, bringing up children, about how to please your boss, about how to be a good employer, then I'm going to go to the Bible. Let God tell me if he's telling me to do it. I want God to define it to me. I want him to tell me what it is. He wants me to do, and then I want to seek Him in the Word of God and learn how to do it. Can you see what I'm saying? And so, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe somebody needs to hear this. One of the worst places in the world you can go to learn biblical things is Google. Man, how do you know who those people are, people are on there that's telling you those answers you're seeking? Maybe God-haters, maybe disgruntled, backslidden preachers, you know, let me tell you a place not to get a lot of wisdom at is the book of Ecclesiastics even. I'd be mad. That was a preacher that really got in a lot of trouble and wrote a lot of things that he was spouting off about. And there's a few good things there. But Ecclesiastics, man, just basically shows you what a back, backslidden preacher sounds like. That's disgruntled because he knows he missed God. <laughs> hey, man, has anybody ever read that book lately? Pretty tough. But anyway, you want to go to the Bible to learn about uh, things that God talks about. So the gifts of the Spirit, for sure, you want to go to the Bible. James 1, verse 2, says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. That means, you're going, that means when you're being tempted, you're going through trials, you're being tested, you're getting turned every which way but loose, you're having a rough time. It says, knowing this, that the tribe of your faith produces patience... But patience, let patience have her perfect work. It may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing, wanting nothing. So as you're going through the 
through, through the battles of life, you're going through a rough time right now. He says, then, while you're in that trial, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally, and upbraid not it shall be given him. So this is talking about the wisdom that it takes to navigate through the hard places of life that we all face sometimes. This is not the word of wisdom. This is the wisdom of God about how to make the right choice or decision in what you're dealing with. You're going through hard things, and this this is not the word of wisdom. It says he gives to all men liberally. Well, the word of wisdom, 1 Corinthians 12, says he gives to some. And they're not asking for it. He uses them in it to help people. Well, this wisdom here, any man, any woman can get this wisdom. He says, if any of you are going through a hard time and you lack wisdom, ask of God. And he says, he'll give it to you. Well, the word of wisdom, you don't ask of God for. God chooses to manifest what he wants to, the word of wisdom. Can you see the difference? Can you see the difference? See, we need to clarify this with the word of God because so many times, well, I think about when I was a baby Christian. You know, I have a flashback back to 1980. I uh, didn't come from any church. I came from the bar. And so the only spirits we had where I came from was what it said on the window there. We served spirits. So I went in. They served us spirits. And we uh, consumed those spirits. And when we had those spirits, we had visions. And we had a lot of other things. And so then when I got born again and got the Holy Spirit, then I went to church, I had no Bible knowledge. And so I'm showing you why I'm going to detail explaining about the Word of Wisdom. And so I'd hear these people say, by Jesus' stripes you're healed. Man, I was brand new. I just got off the boat. Man, my feet was still wet. I come walking to that church there. I hear these people talk about stripes. And this is the honest truth. All I thought about was old glory. I thought, man, these people get to heal with the flag. I really thought that. That's all I knew about stripes was the stars and stripes. They didn't teach me the Bible that the stripes was the wounds on Jesus' back. I didn't learn that until I got to a church like this and they started teaching the Bible. And so when I talk about the word of wisdom, I'm very sure there's people sitting in here tonight or people listening to the podcast. If I don't go into detail, they're going to think I'm talking about something that they could attain to, obtain it to the word of wisdom. Well, you don't attain to the word of wisdom. You can ask for the wisdom of God for situations of life, and God will show you which way to go. You can study the word of God and get wisdom how to make wise decisions for the word of God, but that's not the word of wisdom. You see what I'm saying? Talk about different things here. And so, as a pastor... For a church, it's a supernatural church, so the people won't be ignorant. I've got to teach you from the Bible in detail what the Bible has to say about things God wants us to know about. Does this make sense to you? Amen. Amen. And so, this is the wisdom we need to navigate through the, through the crisis of life. And so, the word of wisdom, the supernatural manifestation of His Spirit, is to reveal... Things we need to know that God wants us to know about the future, about the plans and purposes of God. 
You know, something that uh, Brother Hagin taught that I really like to look at it this way to understand it. I thought about this quite a bit this afternoon. We all know what a sentence is. What's a sentence made up of? Of words. And so if you hear one word out of a sentence, then all you get is part of what's in the sentence. And what's a sentence a part of? Usually a paragraph. Well, if you're getting one sentence out of the paragraph, you're not getting the whole thought. All you get is one sentence out of the paragraph. And then if you read the paragraph, chances are it's in, it's in a story. And so you don't get the whole story. The paragraph is a breakdown. And then the sentence is a breaking it down a little bit finer. And then the word is just one part of one sentence. And maybe the story is out of a chapter. Well, the chapter is not the whole book. you got the whole book that has many chapters in it. And, you know, I'm not, not getting deep on you. But the thing is, God says he has every day of our life recorded in his book. And so our life to God is an open book. God sees every chapter. He sees every paragraph. He sees every sentence. And sometimes God chooses to give us a word out of one sentence called the word of knowledge. And so God gives us a word. All a word is, is a fragmentary part of a sentence. Just a fragment. God knows everything about Mr. McNeil. He knows everything about his family. He knows everything about his job. God knows more about Mr. Dave's future than he knows about his past. But sometimes God will reveal a fragmentary part to Dave. He knows everything, but sometimes he'll reveal to Dave just what he wants him to know right now to help him where he is right now, but he doesn't tell him everything. And so we have to understand, we're talking about a word of wisdom. That's a fragmentary part of the entire knowledge of God that he knows, but he'll reveal to you the word you need to know. So you get up the road a little further now, and then you get up there, if you need to know more, he'll tell you more. And so that's why we want to understand what we're talking about here. The word of wisdom isn't God telling you everything he knows about your future, but sometimes you need to know just enough to keep you going. Or sometimes God will use you to help somebody else and it's, 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 it's so exciting when God will show us something to give somebody. But just because he shows the one little thing, that's all we know. We don't know anything else. That's all he gave us. And so we want to understand the gifts of the Spirit. Remember, it's to profit every man all. God wants to profit all. And so that's what the gifts of the Spirit for. So I want to look at the New Testament just a little bit for this last little time we got. In, in Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. And we're loving our study in the book of Acts, aren't we? It's, it's just something. Anyway, we're going we're to get down to verse 6. And right before this, Saul of Tarsus had been overshadowed by the glory of God and he fell to the ground. And he was hearing Jesus talk to him about why did you persecute me, etc. And so I want you to think about this. He was blinded by the glory of God. Very scary experience. And, you know, for the sake of time, I can't go too long, but I just want you to get, get a picture of where we are when he starts hearing this voice talking to him. Saul had been an unsaved religious man. He was a killer of Christians. He held the clothes of Stephen, the first martyr, when he got stoned to death. And it says that he went to houses everywhere and drug parents out of the homes, put chains on them, 
took them to prison for being Christians. And then all of a sudden, he's on his way to still keep persecuting Christians. And the glory of God came down, something we can't imagine. The brightness of God came down. He fell to the ground. And because of that brightness, he's laying her on the ground, blinded. And here's this voice. Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? He said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. And says, okay, yes, Lord. He become born again. Right then he received Jesus. So that's what this verse is following right here. So let's get a picture. He's laying there on the ground. And then it says, And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the city, and shall be told thee what thou must do. And so you notice, that's a word of wisdom, because he told him that when you get to the city, it's going to be told you what to do. That was short-term future, but it was future. He said, when you get there, it's going to be told you what to do. Can you see, that was direction given in part of God's plan for his life. Number one, get up and get to the city. And so he's laying there, and he's blinded. And then I want you to notice then in verse 9, it says that it was three days without sight, neither did eat, nor drank. So three days later, still blind. And then in verse 10, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a, in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And so Ananias is not a preacher. He's one of you. He's a church member. He's a good Christian that goes to church. And when he was praying, Jesus appeared to him in a vision. That's supernatural, isn't it? Amen. That's discerning the spirits to see Jesus. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. Do you recognize the word of knowledge? He told him a certain house to go to, and he told him what was going on inside that house. He said, There's a man in there named Saul, and he's praying. That's the word of knowledge. Tell a believer something's happening right now. And then it says in verse 12, And he hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias as coming in and put his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And so that's a word of knowledge. He said, This man has seen you coming. Well, that was word of wisdom for Saul to see that what was coming. Jesus told him to go and wait. So the, so the word of knowledge, word of wisdom working here. And then I want you to notice then, as, as, Ananias had this conversation with him about, hey, Saul's a really bad guy. Then he gets to verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. This telling Ananias, he said, Don't worry, he's not going to kill you. He doesn't kill anymore. He's a chosen vessel to bear my name. And here's the word of wisdom concerning Paul's future ministry. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And so I want you to see the word of wisdom in this here. God was telling Ananias about Paul's future ministry. And get this, he was still Saul the killer as far as the church was concerned. This is three days after he fell to the ground on a mission to kill Christians. And then here is Jesus, the discerning of spirits, appeared to Ananias as he saw the realm of the Spirit, discerning the spirits, he saw the realm of the Spirit, and then Jesus gave him a word of knowledge, go to this street, there's a man praying, and then when he was concerned about who this man was, hey, that guy might kill me, that's Saul. He said, no, 
He's a chosen vessel and said, I've told him he's going to bear my name. He's going to preach to the kings. He's going to preach to leaders of nations. And he's going to suffer great things for my namesake. And so see, it's easy for us to see this now because we, wrote, we, we got the Bible we read. But here this happened right now fresh. This like telling us, uh, you guys know who Osama bin Laden was? Well, yes, Lord. Well, his son now is a born-again Christian. I want him to come and preach in your church. Oh, no, Lord. He's a bad guy. No, that's what this was like. Saul was like Osama bin Laden. These guys bad. He was bad news. And so for this man to be able to trust what he was hearing and seeing was very supernatural. Amen. And so anyway, I want to look at one more place that we're going to be closing out here. I want you to look at chapter 20, verse 23. And so he told Ananias that I showed him what great things he must suffer for my namesake. And then here's Paul many years down the road and in Acts 20, verse 23, as he's talking at a preacher's conference, he's talking to these preachers and he said in verse 23, except that the Holy Ghost witness or has shown me in every city say that bonds and afflictions, that's chains at hard times await me. And so God, boy, what a great prophecy for your ministry. Austin, how would you like to have that with you and Katie get to take off? And Lord tell you, everywhere you guys go, man, they're going to chain you up, going to beat you up. Like, man, I can't wait to go there. <clears throat> but the whole thing is we're seeing here, God had a plan for Saul's life. And God told him enough about his life to know what to expect when he got places. I'm not getting the red carpet, I'm getting jail. But that's God's plan for my life to go to these, preach in these hard places. Because God told me to. That's the word of wisdom to the plan of purpose for his life. Now I want you to open to Psalms 18. And I'm going to close on a real personal note. Because you need to see this. And I think I'll bring, I'll bring it home right here. Where you'll see something and understand something here to help you. Uh, how many of you ever heard of a guy named Pastor Bernie Samples? Uh, how many ever knew his lovely wife? And his children. Well, back in 2005, as far as Bernie Samples was concerned, California was on another planet. I would like these guys from Ohio, us from Indiana. All I ever heard about California was Blakey Blake kind of people there at earthquakes. That's all I ever heard. Whatever the news was on in Indiana, where I was at, and say anything about California, I just changed. I just changed the thing. Kept on flipping. I thought, man, I don't care about that planet. Those goofy people are going to fall off of the ocean. I don't want, I don't want to care about them, man. Those people. That's all I ever, that's all we ever heard out there. You guys ever hear that? They heard it too. That's all I ever heard. California going to fall of the ocean because they got blankety blank kind of people there at earthquakes. That's all I ever heard. And so anyway, now we're going to take a reverse to 2005. In 2005, I was seeking God about our ministry, our life, what we're going to do. And I was at a, uh, a meeting in Castleman, Indiana. Did by up here of a man named Ed Dufresne. He he died a few years ago. He's a prophet that traveled the nation, but he was from California. He's from down there where Joe's at. Now, what's that city called? Temecula area. What Temecula? It's another place. Marietta. 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 Anyway, I was at a meeting, and the prophet called me out, and he didn't know me. 
I was a pastor in this meeting with all these other people. He called me out. And he prayed over me. And what he did, I fell on the Spirit. And I'll never forget. I lay there on the floor. And he walked up there kicking the bottom of my shoe. And he said, he started laughing. And this is in the spring of 2005. So I still hadn't heard of California yet. It was still going to fall off. And so I laid there on the floor. He kept saying, <laughs> change coming. Big change coming. But it's a good change and you're going to like it. I didn't even think about that prophecy until after I'd been a couple of years that I realized what he said to me in advance about coming. So anyway, uh, he said that to me. And see, he was seeing by the word of wisdom my future. Would you say it's a big change? If you guys came out and started pastor church, would that be a big change? That was a big change for us to go to this other planet and be praying they don't fall off while we're there. So anyway, that was a big change. And then, when we heard about High Desert Word Center, where are we at right now? High Desert Word Center. Well, this is a different church than it was. They're the same building, but different people, different faces. But as we heard about this, and was praying about this, then the Holy Spirit took me to Psalms 18, verse 19. And this is before I'd ever been here. It says, He brought me forth also to a large place. <laughs> California is large, but would you say for the churches in this area here, this is a large piece of property? Is this a large building compared to most of the churches around here? Amen. Well, see, God gave that to me in Indiana. That's the word of wisdom right there. Tell me, I'm bringing you to a large place. And then I want you to also notice verse 43 and verse 44. This is a word of wisdom to me. Concerning being here. Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people, and thou hast made me the head of the heathen. The people here weren't heathen, okay? <laughs> Good people. But the head of these people, a people whom I have not known shall serve me. A people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The strangers shall submit themselves unto me. And you know, I think about the only ones in the room tonight that were here then. Chuck was here. Robert and Susan were here. Guys, is that what happened? I came out here, they obeyed me, hooked up with me. Amen. They submitted to me. I was 2,000 miles away, but God told me in advance, I'm going to take you to a large place. To the prophet of God said, change coming, big change, but it's a good change. And then tells me, you get there, they're going to submit to you. Well, Donna was here then too. Yeah, Donna's one of the first ones I met as one of the first workers here. And so those things happened. Who's Cindy? Not, I know this is the hour power, but Cindy, Cindy was very shy, very bashful, just because she read uh, she, that school over there and all those hundreds of kids and all those teachers come to her for advice. When she came to church, she kept slipping in on her knees as she prayed, as she slipped out, and I never got to meet Cindy for at least a month or two. I kept wondering, who is that woman? I opened up, closed my eyes, praying. And then I see this woman there, back there praying. And then we get done. I said, I want to meet that woman. I closed my eyes for closing prayer. Look up and she was gone. So, Cindy, it's your fault I overlooked you. (laughs) But guess what? Since that point in time, Cindy got baptized in the Holy Ghost. She speaks in tongues. She doesn't sneak in and out anymore. She tells me what to do sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, guys, did you see what I'm talking about? The word of wisdom. 
Even God talked to the pastor about the trip to California through a word of wisdom. Show me some things about the future. This is a very large place to me. And it was so wonderful what I got here that the people, as soon as they heard me, they received me. They obeyed me. They hooked up with me. That was God doing that. That doesn't just happen unless it's a supernatural move of God. So God did that. And in your lives, God wants to manifest in your lives. Amen. So we're going to keep on studying the gifts of the Spirit. Did anybody understand more tonight and see more from the Word of God on that? That's what it's all about. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.